Welcome back to the podcast, a place where we talk about the lives of first responders, our mental health, and how to better connect to the people we serve in our communities. So today, I want to go back to the past, and I want to talk about one of the worst whippings I got as a kid for merely talking to a stranger. Let's talk about this. When I was a young boy, maybe around eight or nine years old, I really enjoyed running errands with my mama. You see, these errands included riding with her to the store and being given a small shopping list, which may include, you know, this is the 70s, remember, Crisco lard, rice, bread, butter, or just something that we needed for that evening meal. Now, growing up in the 70s, I come from a big family. There were five boys, three girls, and my parents, and money was tight. So whenever I went into the store, I was always told by my mama, and bring back my change. For one particular day, I was sent in the store for two boxes of Jiffy Cornbread Mix and bring back my change. I recall going into the Jiffy store, and this was our version of a convenience store down here, down south. So I'm heading to the third aisle. I mean, I knew this store like the back of my hand. I grabbed two boxes of the cornbread mix and headed to the counter. I stood behind this man who had a beer on the counter and I remember him asking the clerk for a pack of cool cigarettes, which were behind the counter. After that, he, after paying for his, his, his uh, items, he turned around and he looked me in the eyes and he said, this is for you, young man. And I remember him opening up his hands and dropping change in mine. Now, this was about 70 cents. I had hit the lottery. I mean, if you think about it, 70 cents in the 70s was a lot of money. I placed those boxes of cornbread on the counter. I turned around and grabbed hands full of penny candy like Mary Jane and Bitter Honey the bazooka gum just to name a few and I put it on the counter and I paid for everything so when I headed back to the car I got in the passenger seat of, of with a huge smile on my face and handed mom her change as she prepared to back out of the car as she prepared to back out of the parking space I reached into my bag of goodies and pulled out a Mary Jane candy but before I could unwrap it my mother asked me, where did you get that from? And I told her about the man in front of me at the counter who turned around and gave me his change. I had barely finished the sentence when her hand slapped my thigh, then my shoulder, while she yelled, didn't I tell you about talking to strangers? And when I got home, the real whooping commenced, all because I had interacted with a stranger. I understand it. I get it. Years later, as a law enforcement officer, I've spent countless hours in the classroom teaching kids the dangers of talking to strangers, teaching them what to do if they are approached by a stranger, and so on and so forth. Yet I myself work in a profession where my job is 
to talk to strangers. So let's talk about this concept of talking to strangers. How do we learn to talk to strangers? I know in the, the police academy, we have defensive tactics blocks. We talk about legal. We, we have a block where we deal with traffic stops, um, high liability things such as weapons. However, I don't recall a standalone block where we learned how to talk to strangers. I guess we were expected to bring that skill set to class with us as adults. And maybe we should have had that skill established. Now, talking to strangers can be tricky in itself. It can be awkward at times. Now, imagine as a law enforcement officer, you respond not just to any strangers, but strangers in crisis. Throughout those eight and 12-hour shifts, you are responding to someone who is having one of the worst days of their lives, at least to them. And it can be taxing. But what I've discovered in over two decades of law enforcement is that the best way to talk to strangers most of the time is to listen to them. The concept in itself may contradict what some of us may have learned in the academy or how we may have interpreted what we learn in the academy. See, for the most part, through the academy, our training centered around arriving at the scene and taking control of that scene. We are to show up with confidence and take charge. And to a degree, that is true. There are those calls for service where we show up and we have to break up fights um, that may present serious injury. Uh, we may be responding to a burglary in progress, a active shooter. All calls where we have to make decisive and instant decisions that may be a matter of life and death. Those do occur. But what about those majority of calls that we respond to? The civil complaints, the verbal arguments, the person that seems to be out of place walking through that neighborhood and such, where the greatest tool we have is our ability to listen. I truly feel that developing the skill of active listening through my career has served me well. Most of the arrestees that ended up in the backseat of my patrol car were not by force, but by taking time to actively listen to their concerns. Now, something as simple as paraphrasing or reflecting back to them what they just stated shows understanding. To nod and, and look them in the eyes to let them know I'm listening went a long way. Many times, what they say would not change the outcome of them going to jail if they had violated state statute. However, their victory came in being listened to. When we listen to learn and not listen to reply, it also changes who we are as officers in our everyday lives. Watch your body language change as you listen to someone. Watch your breathing change and your tone of voice as you take the time to active listen. Be the turtle and not the rabbit when it comes to interacting with people. And what I found is that many of those in crisis just want to be listened to. And think about it. Don't we all? I'm Fred Jones, and this is It's All Right. I'll see you next time. <laughs>